Jay's already preaching, everybody. Welcome to the Pulse WB Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler. It's Friday. It's the 16th day of September. You preach it, brother. Good morning. Good morning. And we've we done preached ourselves happy here already today. Yeah, we're shouting. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Jay's preaching to me about uh, the next uh, sermon series and or the next uh, thing he's preaching on, and and uh, I'm over here talking about uh, what God did yesterday and how He's blessing. And wow, it's just powerful stuff. So glad to have you tuned in to the Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. And uh, we're just so glad to have you tuned in. We made it to Friday. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Absolutely. So some of the people from the Pulse Church in Gasway are headed to Morgantown tomorrow. I hope it's fun. Lord help you. <laughs> Lord. Maybe, maybe the reason why we're going is to pray over that place. Uh, it might be. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I had uh, friends take a uh, last minute thing. Their um, company had four <coughs> tickets to the backyard brawl. This was, it tells you how long ago that was. Um, not the recent one, but, but the next to last one, I think it was um, years ago. And um, we went and the crowd was just awful around us. Um, and, you know, then you couple that with, with them not winning and, you know, then what we had to deal with in the parking lot. I won't even go into that story because it's horrible. Um, and everything that it was, it was just to the point I'm like, why do I come up here? Yeah. Why? I can sit at home in my recliner. I don't have to deal with the crazy and the chaos and I can enjoy the game. I can see the replays. I, I can know yeah. what's going on um, in, instead of dealing with all of this, and, and I haven't been back. And haven't been back since? Haven't been back since. Now, we were— That's t- like when you do this every year, I'm kind of like, oh, that'd be cool. No, I'm staying home. Staying home. <laughs> well, I was uh, I was going to offer you two free tickets today, but I don't guess I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, I would have probably said no thing. Well, actually, we've got a big day tomorrow, so uh, I couldn't have gone anyway. Well, you know— um, if you whose house were we at when Rodriguez threw that last uh, the one of the one of the games we were all together that night we were and we, we were in Polka we I think we were in Polka bunch of kids our kids were I mean our kids no, were we always had a bunch of kids we were at your house weren't we no were we, we in your basement up, up no on the hill? we were at uh, what's the fella that passed away last year uh, Mark yes. I think we were. Don't they live were in? Were we at their house? Yeah, I think we were at their house. Oh, Stephen Debbie's house across from Harding's. Oh yes, yes. that's where yeah, we yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. That's where we were. Yeah, so that's when we saw the game get thrown from uh, <laughs> from there, and it's like, have mercy, Lord. Sorry, I'm trying to get this out to uh, get it out to everybody. To everybody, because you know we're we're preaching, and I'm not doing the stuff I'm supposed to be doing. No, no, you're good. That's uh, that's fine, uh, Pastor. Pastor Jay spoke uh, this past Sunday morning uh, on Behind the Hedge, considering uh, Job uh, Part 4 this past week, and it was just an awesome sermon that went along with uh, the other three parts. And uh, it just gets you thinking about what what Job went through and how it parallels to to what we go through within our lives today, then um, and how... When you look at the history of the Bible and you see uh, Jesus and the disciples and, and the different things that have gone on in their lives, 
how a lot of these things parallel. And so Pastor Jay talked a lot about this past week about the old battle axe. I heard you mention that, mention oh, me in that, <laughs> about the old yeah, battle axe. I, I didn't call anyone a battle axe. Yeah. I, I admitted that John does. But. Yeah, the old battle axe. I got it from a friend of mine. He, he used to call his mother. His mother-in-law, an old battle axe. Of course, he's not married anymore either. So you know that may Makes be sense. that may be why. But uh, but anyway, he said that one day. He said, "Yeah, the old battle axe came over today." And I said, "What's a battle axe?" He said, "My mother-in-law." Lord help us. <laughs> I thought, yeah, Lord need to, needs to help him. So anyway, so Pastor Jay talked about a little bit about uh, about his wife, how she wasn't. Not my wife, but not Job's wife. yeah, Job's wife. How she wasn't around, and you don't hear much about her, except for you know the part where it says "curse God and die." Uh, how am I doing on your sermon? So far, so good. So far, yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm back now. I've, oh, got, you're back I've now. got stuff out. So. Oh, okay, good. So one of the things, or well, many of the things that uh, that I thought that that we could start off with um, is people today like stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they like their cars, they like their house, they like their boats, they like their planes, they like their jet skis, they like all this stuff. And many times people say, well, God bless me with this. And then the next thing you know, it takes you away from Sunday morning church. Sure. And so when you think about Job and you think about the materialistic things that he had, one of the things that I said is that Job cared more about his spiritual relationship instead of his material possessions. Do you believe that? I absolutely um, believe that. And and I think it's, you know, I, I've heard it said for forever. Um, a friend of mine said this years ago, and I've borrowed it many, many times. It's it's not wrong to have things. It's wrong if things have you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and keep that in perspective. You know, Scripture says, you know, money's not evil, but the love of money is um, evil. Um, but the reality is it creates, uh, it creates an atmosphere for us. And if we're not careful, that atmosphere can create a, a security. It can create a, a mindset. Um, it can create a, a lifestyle, um, that takes us away from all that God is doing in our lives. Yeah. And I think when we see Job, we see someone who had it all. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's there's no question that Job was successful. There's no question, you know, that Job uh, had, had built great substance and, you know, had, had done all of this in, a, in an upright and righteous manner because he stayed behind the hedge. Yeah. He never allowed himself to be defined by the things. He never allowed himself to be defined by this stuff. He never allowed himself to be defined by all of this, right? Why? Because God had filled his heart, right? And we see that from from his overflow. You know, Olivia talks about overflow a lot. And, and from his overflow, from his actions, from his deeds, from his conversations, from his reputation, from all of the things that overflow from him, we, we see God. We see righteousness. We see uprightness in in all that um, Job is and Job was, and and so what we see is while he may have had things, the things certainly didn't have him. Right. And you know, in in reference to um, 
to his wife, I'm not going to call her the battle axe, but um, <laughs> to in, in reference to his wife, and, and the point I was making there is, I don't know, you know, we're not given a whole lot about Job's wife. Right. I mean, to me, and, and not to rehash what we've already talked about, because we did get into the, a little bit of this last week, kind of getting into the, the message ahead of time, but um, we know that there's no account given to her being present in all of the things Job did to remain righteous and to remain pure and, and you know, to remain dedicated to God behind the head. There's there's no mention of her, of her in that. And, and in repeated cases, you would think at least once it would say Job and his wife or something. You know, you would expect some of that if, if she was involved in, in the spiritual push. And, um, you know, we're not given any evidence of that. And so then what we are given evidence of is when it's all stripped away, you know, Job's, Job's existence wasn't caught up in that. So he was, it was, it was easy for him in his, in his righteousness and, and the righteousness of the Lord in him. It was easy for him to say naked, Came I into the world, naked I leave, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? Because his focus was on God. Right. That was his substance. His substance wasn't, you know, the the stuff. His right. substance was God. And and because of that, he operated justly and and God blessed it. Right? right. Which also meant God can take it away. And and that's exactly where Job rested in in all of these things. And um, see, my new sermon series is starting to creep in. Rest. In, <laughs> did you see the ad on that? Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, I love it. It's coming in October. Um, That's good. Quick little plug. But um, but Job's wife, when everything is stripped away, man, we see we see an ugly heart. You know, we see a we see a heart that isn't filled with the glory of God. We see a heart that hasn't made, you know, fleshly and worldly sacrifice, but one who is is lost when the stuff's not there. Right. And and that's that's what we see. Right. That's that's the the picture we're given. Well, let me ask you when when you think about <clears throat> when you think about stuff, I would say for him to be blessed like that, I mean, he had to be a giver, wouldn't you think? Mm. Yeah, I mean, he had to be a giver. He caught me with a mouthful of coffee. Yes, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I would have thought and and he was blessed. But, you know, one of the things that I thought about, I thought about this. But but we can even get lost in that. I mean, that's a great point, John. We can even get lost in that. Right. Right? But, you know, the Bible tells us to be a cheerful giver. Right. Right? If we're not careful, we we can we can feel entitled by our giving. You yeah. know? We, we, can, we can see our giving as, as a leverage. You know, as a pastor, one thing I've always, you know, the information is there because, you know, we record the checks so we can give giving statements at the end of the year and everything else. And, and I know one call to the accountant and I can see who gives what monthly, yearly or whatever. Yeah. As a pastor, I don't look at that because right. I never want to treat someone like a check. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to love that faithful person who every week is given me or not given me, sorry, way poor choice of words is given the church, given the ministry and and given that in faithfulness. You know, that fifteen dollars, well, that fifteen dollars might be a whole lot more. And, the, and scripture gives us this evidence might be a whole lot more yeah. than 
someone's hundred and fifty or or three hundred and fifty or a thousand dollars. Right. That that fifteen dollars might be a whole much bigger sacrifice than mm-hmm. than, you know, the person giving ten times that. And, you know, so we, we've got to be really careful in our giving too. We can, we, be, we can become very secure in our giving, yeah. you know, we can, we can put our check in the plate and think, man, we are, we are on fire for God. Look at that money I'm putting in there. Yeah. Look at that money I'm giving. Look at, look at, look at how I'm supporting the church. Me, 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 me. Right. Yeah. So we can even get lost <laughs> in those kind of things. Right. Now, I think your point was, you know, Job again being, you know, living in, in righteousness and, and living behind the hedge and being dutiful and all of those things. He was a cheerful giver and, and we believe he was a cheerful giver and God rewarded that. Yes, I, I agree 100%. But I think we live in a day and age where we think if we drop in the plate when it passes by, right, we've done our part. Right. You Check know, it off the and, list. And we're called to be servants. Right. You know, we are called to be servants. And, you know, and I think we've I think we've even got to be careful um, in that, because if we step outside of uh, of cheerfulness and, and compassion and in and, and a ministry mindset right. um, in, in the things we do, you know, for the Lord and, and the vision of the Lord. And that, that's kind of when I said me, that's kind of what I was talking about, the vision God's given us for the Pulse Winfield and what we're you know, what we're, we're trying to accomplish there. If we step out of, out of those things, um, and, and begin to focus, um, outside of those things, right. um, God, that, you know, that's going to be a stench. The Bible tells us that's a stench to, yeah. to his nostrils. And so I think we've, I think we've got to even be very careful in, in those things. I think I agree. Uh, and so it can't be, it can't be driven by money. It has to be driven by souls and people coming into the kingdom. And then all that yeah, spirituality, seek ministry, you first, ministry. seek you first the kingdom of God, everything right. else will be added unto us according yeah, the to the ch- word. The church should be about, and this came out in the message, you know, the, the church should be focused solely on, on ministry yeah, and, you know, on, on, on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then everything. If else we're focused on anything else, man, we're, that's shifting sand. We're going to, we're going to crumble. That's the truth. No doubt. Here's what, here's what you said. And I spent a lot of time on this myself. Are you easy prey? to the enemy because we know what we know what uh, I think it's first Peter talks about um, <clears throat> that the devil is seeking in whom he made of ours. Sure. And so the, the thought process uh, that I really thought about, it's like, okay, what, what are the areas? Because we know where do you, okay, let me ask you this. <clears throat> let me read a scripture here first. And then, then let me ask you something. First Peter and, and Job chapter one, and um, verse nine, then Satan answered the Lord and he said, doth Job fear God for not? And then he said, verse 10, he says, "Hast not thou made a hedge around him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So, <clears throat> how did the devil know that? He would have, he'd have had to examine Job. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's checked Job out. Yeah, I don't. You you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that God sold him out. I don't think so. I think I think Job was always on Satan's radar. But but here here's the here's the thing about that, and <coughs> you know I'm focused so much on on the behind the heads that I'm not spending a lot of time on the devil part of this, but. 
the devil was wrong. All right. Understand this. He doesn't understand spirituality. That's Satan true. in no way, shape, or form understands prophetic vision and, and power and glory manifested uh, upon the children of God. He doesn't get it. He does not understand it in any fathom, mm-hmm. right? It, it is, he's clueless of it, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's self-driven. He's self-focused. He's self-driven. He, he, he wants to div- bring about division based upon his own glory and based on what he wants and based upon his attitudes and and, and ideas and everything else. It's, it's why he, he created the coup in heaven, right? right. Because, because he wanted the attention. He mm-hmm. wanted to be the Savior. He wanted to be the one that gets all the hand claps and glory right. and everything else. And when God said no, yeah. you know, he, he, he destroyed a third of the heavenly host. Right. You know, you, you say a third followed him. Well, no, a third, he destroyed a third. Yeah. Ultimately, he removed them from the glory of God. Wow. And and the same is true of us. When when we become captivated by everything else outside of the things that we talked about a minute ago or whatever, we're we're choosing destruction. We're choosing lack of peace. We're choosing these things that that move us outside of the will of God. Right. Well, that's where Satan operates. Satan right. operates outside of the will of God. Right. So he doesn't understand the power and the glory of God. So when he looks at Job. He sees Job as ooh, 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 big and mighty Job. You know, God's done this. God's done that. God's blessed his hand and everything else. No, God didn't create the hedge. Going back to, to message number one in the series, God didn't create the hedge. Job created the hedge by choosing the glory of God over everything else. Right. Job created that hedge. Yeah. Job created the blessing by living upright and by living righteous and, and by presenting himself a, a, a reasonable sacrifice right. to the Lord. Job created the blessing. Job created everything. Now, God gave it and God manifested it and God allowed it. Absolutely. Right. But it was because of Job's faithfulness and, obedience. And, and spiritual depth that all of these things came to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you see, that's why I kind of think God's kind of sitting on the throne when Satan, you know, when, when that moment happens that you just read to us, I think God's kind of sitting on the throne. You have no idea. Right. I mean, I think God's just kind of sitting up there smirking, thinking, man, you are way out of your league here, bud. Mm-hmm. Because he is spiritually equipped. He is spiritually prepared. He is spiritually empowered. He is spiritually anointed. And he is so full of my glory. Mm-hmm. Now you're out of your league, pal. Go ahead. Yeah, give it a shot. And and I think I think we miss that about Job. He was never caught up in the substance. He was never caught up in the stuff. It was never a, a leverage uh, thing for him whatsoever. He freely gave. He gave cheerfully. He he you know and, and it doesn't say that, but I think we can I think we can surmise that simply because of all that it says he was right. just and upright and, and and righteous and and you know truly a man that feared God. So I think he did all of the things. Right. Right. And and I think he did them out of want and out of out of godly um desire and out of out of 
choosing the glory of God over over himself. I mean, for crying out loud, when Moses was in the desert and going up into the mountain to spend with God, you know, that that's a glory of God moment. Right. You know, that's a moment where, where you're saying, man, I am I am stepping into the full glory of God here on your behalf and I'm going to come back and deliver it to you. Right. Well, those those idiots couldn't take five minutes without catching themselves up into the golden calf and right. and and you know what they what they thought they were going to get from that. Right. Right. They they thought they were going to be blessed and that they were going to start building their own kingdoms and everything else based upon the worship of that golden idol. Right. Right. They couldn't get past it for for a day for Moses to to bring and manifest the glory of God on them. And and they didn't see the promised land. You know, it's that mindset, it's that thinking, it's that attitude going, you know, going this all goes back to Job's wife. Right. It's it's that fleshly heart. Yeah. That didn't get to see the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Right? Yeah. And and so now we have a woman that when everything's stripped away, what's her fallback? She doesn't have a hedge to fall back on. Right. Right? So what does she do? She does exactly what Satan accused Job of. The difference is Job was full of the glory of God. Right. She was full of the stuff. And and she chose she chose to curse God. So what is so what is it how do you become or define the what I'm trying to think how to say it. Define easy prey to the enemy. If a person if a person is easy prey to the enemy, I think it's someone I think it's someone operating on their own understanding. Own understanding. I mean, you know, three three, five, six. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's why that's probably my favorite Bible verse. I mean, you know, ask me next week, I'll have a different favorite, but you know, three, <laughs> three, five, six is, is by far my favorite. It's, it's, you know, how we ended up where we did with naming our, our teens and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, th- I think it's people who lean on their own understanding. It's people who lean on their own devices. It's people who lean on their own wisdom and their own knowledge. Um, you know, I've been accused of, of of being you know intimidated or whatever by by those that go to seminary and 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 whatnot I could I could care less about that if you if you need that to 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 learn and and decipher scripture then by all means do it but what I'm all I've ever simply said is don't forsake the anointing right because right. you can you can be the smartest dude in the class right but if right. you're getting into the pulpit unanointed right. you're doing no one any good you're not breaking any yokes. That's right. Good. And and, you know, so if, if you if you need that to to hear from heaven and allow the Holy Spirit to interpret scripture to you, then fine. By all means, do it. But but walk in anointing is has always been my point. And of course, you know, people who who don't understand the spiritual implications of that like to point fingers and accuse. But that's never been my point. My point simply is however you get there, you know, whatever whatever means you need to get there is fine, you know, as, as long as, you know, as long as it's the real stuff, because there's a lot of kooky stuff out there today. But, you know, as long as it's the real stuff and, and those things help you get there. Great. Right. Right. But, but walk in the anointing, right. Allow God to, to manifest his presence in you while you're delivering what he wants you to deliver. Don't deliver what you want to deliver. Amen. Because that's binding. Mm-hmm. Right. You can get up there and say great things and make great, great biblical points and have no spirit about you whatsoever. Satan right. does it all the time. Yeah. Right. right? And, and so we, we've got to be extremely 
sensitive and, and careful um, to those things. I think the difference is, going back to your question, is Job was full of the glory of God. Right. I see no evidence that his wife was. And and so so going back to your questions, I think she leaned on her own understanding. She leaned on her own heart. She had found security in all that Job had provided. Right? And right. and you know, I get that. Right. Bank accounts nice, house is nice, all this stuff and and everything, right? We right. we create a sense of security, yeah. which which affects our faith, which affects our, our our means to to be devoted fully to God only, right. rather than the things providing the substance, and and everything else. And I and I think maybe it was a slow progression. Maybe she never was. We're not given that whole story, right. but <clears throat> somehow in the beginning, either in the beginning or. Over time, and I kind of, I kind of believe that at one time she stood with Job. I believe at one time she did, because if Job is upright in all of his ways, I, I don't think he would have been double-minded enough, right? Because right? Bible tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, yeah. right? So I, I don't think he would have been double-minded enough to take a bride that didn't have the same spiritual vision that he'd had. So there was a shift so, there. Something I, happened. There. I think that scripture does not give us that. But I mean, if we just if we just look at the context of Job's testimony and his life and his reputation, right. I have a hard time believing that he would have he would have picked a bride who's out here cursing God every day, right? right. And so I don't I don't think she I don't think she just became the curse God and die woman, right? You know, overnight. I think I think there was a process of her falling away. And and I think that process probably had a lot to do with her surroundings, her security. She became faith. She she began to put her faith in the things right. and the stuff, um, and and not in God. And I think she slowly faded away to when all that was stripped. She had the heart of curse God and die. Do you think that you can? <clears throat> do you think that a person can get themselves into a into a spiritual relationship with Jesus to where? The enemy will pass them by because they're they're no challenge. It's like uh, I don't think I'm going to bother Jay because you know Jay's you know this or or you know this person over here. I think I'll leave that a person alone, and then I'll just go and mess with the easy prey. I, I think there's an element of that, yes, because you know he only has the power that he's given. Right. So he wants he wants the easy prey. He wants the person who has no power right. to to manifest against him. So right. yes, I, I think he is looking for the easy pickings. But the easy pickings are easy pickings. Right. You know? Not a whole lot of challenge in that, not a whole lot of fun in that right. or, or or whatever. So I think he's always paying attention to the jobs. Right. Um, of the world, you said me, but I'm not going to say me because well, I don't like to. I don't like to elevate myself there. I knew I knew what you meant, but uh, you know. But I think I think he's always looking for the looking at the jobs. I think he's always paying attention to the jobs, and I think he's jealous. Yeah, I think he's jealous. You know, I think he's like, oh wow, you know, how did they do that? How did they get that? Man, look at all the look at all that God's blessed them with, yeah. and everything else. But he's so ignorant lacking knowledge, right. he's so ignorant spiritually 
that he's incapable of understanding the work and and the spiritual work and, and the spiritual time and the spiritual manifestation taking place in Job's life for those things to come about. Right. So yes, I, I think there's an element of I'm gonna I'm gonna grab all the easy pickings that I can, but I do think he's paying attention. Like it took him no time, you know, to you know, as soon as God brought Job up, Satan knew who he was. Right. Satan knew what he was. Satan yeah. knew Satan knew he couldn't touch him. Right. Right. And and yeah, I think there's an element to and and I think I think a lot of that has a lot to do with our time. You know, the, these last few weeks have have been a big eye opener for me in understanding why sometimes Jesus just had to go away. Right. You know, because the noise was too much, the drama was too much, the stupidity was too much and and we just moved ourselves well beyond where where God wants us and you know, I think I think Jesus just had those moments where he's just like, oh, I can't, I can't take this anymore. So I'm, I'm leaving, right? And unannounced, of course, but but he just disappeared, right? Why? Because he he needed to get back to Father, right? He had, you know, we we were talking about this right before we went on the air, which is why I didn't even realize you were playing the countdown, and and um, you know, David had to come down to the valley. Yes. You know, when his brothers were there, he had to come down to the valley instead of being up in the hills tending the sheep, right? He had to come down to the valley where the battle was taking place to slay Goliath, right? right? And you're, you're actually the one that brought that up. And, and the reality for that is he came down to fight his brother's battles because his brothers didn't have the faith or the wherewithal within them to win, Right. Right. Jesus does that for us all the time. You know, and if we look at Jesus's ministry, we see it all the time. I mean, constant quarreling and bickering and, and, and whatever with with the disciples mm-hmm. and and, you know, managing that, trying to get them focused on God and everything else, knowing that they're going to minister the church one day and and, you know, trying to get them where they need to be. And then also everybody coming and going to the point of his exhaustion with healings and miracles and and, and deliverances and, and the things that he needed to do and all of that. There just got to be a time. You know, where where Jesus was like, wow, way too much drama, yeah. way too much stuff. And I I got to leave all of this right. to, to go back and ground myself because, right. you know, this, this isn't where I like to be. This isn't what ministry is. This isn't what God ultimately wants. And I'm not going to be distracted by it. Right. right? So to say that, and, and I am going back to your question, the, but I think that's a great proof to us that sometimes we can get caught up in in the stuff. You know, we can we can be bold and victorious one minute, bold and victorious one day. You know, and and God move in our lives and God do great things, but if we're not careful, we could end up like Job's wife and and maybe slowly get sifted away. And you know, and so Satan will watch for those moments. You know, Satan will watch for those days where we haven't been praying like we should. You know, he'll watch for those days where, you know, we're 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 getting from all of these other sources and, and we're not getting from God. You know, I love football and you know, I, I play fantasy football and I'm in four dynasty leagues and it's like the only 
hobby I have. It's like the only thing I really do for me is playing fantasy football. Right. It's like the only thing I do all year long for me. Right. And that's not even an all year thing. No. And and so like, um, so when it comes around to draft times, I'm reading all this stuff. I'm studying all this stuff. I'm doing all this stuff, and I and I get real caught up in it, and and so forth. But like, you know, these last couple weeks, I've I've turned it all off. Right. You know, I mean, I go in and I do it. You know. What's 15 minutes a day, but instead of spending an hour, my lunch hour, reading all of these different things and everything else, I'm spending about 10, 15 minutes and gone and everything else. And I've absorbed myself into worship and I've absorbed myself into the word and I've absorbed myself into praying and, and fasting and, um, you know, all of these things because there comes a point in, our, in time in our life where I just want you. Right. God, I, I just, I just want you. Right. I don't, I don't. You know, none of this other crap means a dime to me. Right. Right? I I, I trust in your manna. Amen. Right? I trust in your provision. Right. And I just want you. And I just want to minister you. I just want to do it. Because if we're not careful, and this was your question, if we're not careful, yeah, Satan will leave us alone on those strong days. Because he understands I don't have the spiritual empowerment that, Job does, or I don't have the spiritual empowerment that that John or Jay does, and everything else. When we are when we are walking in in the firmament of our Lord, Satan has no authority or power against us, and he knows he knows we'll beat him. Mm-hmm. So what's he do? He waits till we're in the wilderness fasting for forty days, and we're weak. He waits till we're we're caught up in in turmoil and chaos and 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 drama from this life. Or tired. Or tired and everything else, and that's when he attacks. So yeah, I think he's roaming, seeking, paying attention, watching, and because the scripture says, "Whom mm-hmm. he may devour." Yeah. So I think he's choosing whom he can devour, who he can chew up, who he can make angry, who he can get off the path who he can feed everything else into except except the glory of the Lord. Yes. Right? Because at the end of the day, what are we pursuing? Right? At the end of the day, what was Job pursuing? That's the better question. Right. What was Job pursuing? He was pursuing God. He was pursuing God, 100%. Right? The glory of God, nothing else. Nothing else matters mm-hmm. but you, Lord. Nothing else matters. The sheep don't matter. The camels don't matter. All the substance doesn't matter. I just want you, mm-hmm. right? And and that's why when it was stripped away, he was able. To, somebody just come in. Yeah. Who is that? It's a bopper. Hey man, bopper's here. Let's get ready to pull the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, we're live by the way. So yeah. um, hey Bubba, how you doing? Hey, um, bopper in the house. Yeah, come give me a hug. Um, so we are, um, you know, so I, I think that's, I think that's a real element of it. Hey, Doug. How are you? You look good. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, because when you think about, look, look at this thing uh, over in first Peter chapter five, uh, look at the scripture. It says, and, and it's amazing that this happens before, uh, it says casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. And then the next verse is be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, that's personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your adversary, the devil, 
as a roaring lion walking about seeking in whom he may devour. But isn't it amazing, though, in verse 7, cast your cares upon him, for he careth for you. So that right there tells me that turmoil and, and, and drama and all those kind of things in your life can cause the adversary oh, yes. to rock your world. Yeah, those are absolutely distractions Yeah, to pull us away from, from that firmament. To, to get in ourself yes. and to get in our own ideas and our own understanding. Yes. Right? And and that's why, you know, God says from the beginning, the wisest man in the world writes, lean not on your own understanding. Yes. You know, Solomon in all of his wisdom was saying, dude, I've done it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm super smart and I've leaned on that. Yeah. And it's failed me. Right. So he's telling us, yes. lean not on your own understanding. That's and so in good. all your ways. Yes. He doesn't say, you know, in some, he doesn't say in what you're able to do and able to give, but he says in all your ways. Yes. Acknowledge him. That's so good. Right? I don't have to buy God. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to convince God. You know, a lot of times in our prayers, we're like, God, if you'll just do this, I'll be this, I'll do, you know, we're, we're trying to convince God. Right. Well, God doesn't need convinced. No. He, he just needs us in all of our ways to acknowledge him. And, and allow his power and allow his glory to manifest itself in our life. And, so and, and Job totally got it, man. Job lived that, that way every day and, and called us to it. And I want to open up a can and whoop him. We can't. <laughs> whoop the devil. I want to be in, wanna, the, in the glory of God. Yeah. We can. And, we, and we've got scriptural proof of that. I want to rewrite the scripture and be the one to kick him into the lake of fire. Oh, I want to, but, but you know, I do believe we'll see that. Oh, I think we will too. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I don't think there'll be a biggest is it, cheer. Is it, is, I, I don't care about kicking him so much. I don't, I don't need that, you know, 300 moment where I, I kick him in and say, this is heaven. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that. But I, I, is it bad of me that I want to be standing there going, See, Bye. See ya. Yeah. So long. Yeah, I know. Pastor Wright said one time, he said uh, that uh, trick or treat, there was a uh, somebody dressed up in a devil's outfit. Mm-hmm. And he said, is that all as tall as you are? And I've been fighting you all these years. Yeah. <laughs> he said the kid just looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was funny. You got any final comments? Are we at that? Wow. Um, no, I'm clear. I think I am too. I mean, I think we've covered. I think we covered your sermon. I don't think there's anything we left out. I think we got it all. And uh, but I think God's just doing some awesome stuff. What's going on this weekend uh, at the Pulse Church? We have an ex- Winfield. We have an exciting thing tomorrow happening. Uh, it's our first, and we hope there will be many of these. Um, but it's our it's our first time reaching out to the community uh, in a seminar that we're doing called "Be the Light." Um, wow. Becky White um, has done a fantastic job. She works at, at Mission West Virginia, and, and so she works in this every day. So she brings a, no- a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding and, and a lot of information, um, not only to our church, but to the community, as far as understanding how we can help mm-hmm. in this foster care crisis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we automatically think, oh, well, we've got to foster or we've got to adopt. That's, mm-hmm. that's how we help, and I can't do either one of those. But, you know, and I didn't understand this and, until Becky started coming to our church and, and we had conversations. There's a whole lot more that people can do. If they can't adopt, if they can't foster, there are a, a number of things um, that you can do um, with regards to, um, you know, 
building relationships with these kids, picking them up, taking them to dinner, taking them to church, all, all of this different stuff. And I don't want to say anything out of context because, you know, there are there are rules to all of that and, and things that you have to, to follow and all of that. And, um, you know, so tomorrow is going to be our first edition uh, of this. She's got a great roundtable set up of people who um, have fostered. Um, good experiences, bad experiences, uh, whatnot, to, to kind of talk about those things. She's got a really good presentation that she's put together about all of the different things that we can do. We're, we're moving, you know, single moms is a huge passion uh, of mine because of my mom and, and everything uh, growing up. So we're, we're also going to be including single moms, how to help single moms and, and support single moms. And not just moms. We think moms, but there's a lot of single dads out there these days, too. That's true. And, and so, you know, we want to be focused on, on all of that. That. I think the church has a responsibility um, in in all of this. Scripture says, you know, the orphans and and, and the widows and, and those things. Well, this is this is that, right. you know. And um, you know, legislation is changing and has changed. And I think the I think the church has a responsibility to be the light. Right. And um, I so so, so much admire the work that that Becky has done. Uh, the vision, be the light. She came up with the title. Um, and, and all of that. So this is, this is kind of her baby and I'm just, I'm just standing in the background cheerleading, but, um, you know, so excited for what, um, what we have the opportunity to, to do and, Mm -hmm. and educate the community, um, and also, you know, encourage the community to step out and and engage that process. So that's happening tomorrow morning at, um, 1030, I think, um, Bear with me, y'all. Redeem the time, John. I'll have it. Redeem the time. Well, I'll tell, tell you what. Yeah, 1030 tomorrow. Uh, I was right, but I was second-guessing myself. 1030 tomorrow um, at the Pulse Winfield. All are welcome. Uh, we That's encourage awesome. pastors, uh, ministry leaders, uh, from all of the area churches to to come and join us and and be you know be educated on on what we could do because like I said and, until I was having a conversation with her I I didn't understand all of the different things that that awesome um, that we could could be doing to help that's awesome I'll tell you what if you're not where you need to be with Jesus all you have to do is just say Father forgive me of my sins Jesus. come into my life and live and you don't have to name your sins He will forget about those sins what you ask Him. Just pray that prayer. Say, Father, forgive me of where, where I've sinned, and I'm sorry, and I ask you to come into my life and use me for your kingdom, glory, and honor. If you prayed that prayer and you need a Bible, we'll, we'll send you one. Just let us know. You, you will help you any way that we can. If you're on the East Coast and you're within driving distance, uh, you've got a campus in Putnam County, West Virginia, uh, called the Pulse Church. And let me tell you something, anointed people, anointed pastor, anointed word, And God is doing some great things. So we pray you have a great day. Pastor Jay, have a great weekend. Thank you. I'll go up there and endure the ball game for you since you don't want to go. (laughs) You can wave. I'll I'll, I'll wave back on the TV. That's funny. If you want to partner with our church, you can do that by texting the word PULSE to 1304-244-3187. Go to thepulsechurch.com. Give through PayPal. Mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561 Eleanor, E-L-E-A-N-O-R, West Virginia, 25070. And join us again Monday, 8 a.m. for the next edition of the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.
down. So I'd be like, 